0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's word, and I pray that his Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that he gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. So, how are we doing this morning? All right, all right, let's get into the word. We've been talking about uh, several things that make us, Grace Avenue, who we are. We're spending the whole summer really on this series uh, called Kingdom House. We want to be a house that honors the Lord, a biblical house, a house that honors Jesus. We want Jesus to be able to say, I'm proud of this house. I'm proud of the people of this house, and so if you go through the first couple of parts in this message, you're going to see we talked about, firstly, reaching the unsaved. It's so important in the kingdom. It's so important to our house. Um, we want to make sure we're reaching people who don't know Jesus. This is not just a social club. It's not just a gathering. We're a house that has an answer for people, for what they're going through, for their eternity, for their, their present for the weight and of the guilt and the sin that people deal with from their past, okay? And so every week, we're going through a different topic. Today, we're talking, week three, about healthy relationships, healthy relationships. This one's going to be um, very rewarding, I really believe, because one of the most rewarding things we can have in life is healthy relationships. They are a gift. Healthy relationships are a gift in our life, They're a gift to our marriage, they're a gift to our kids, they're a gift to our discipleship, our spiritual growth. Uh, They're a gift to all aspects of life in the different stages and the different seasons of life. And the kind of friends you have when you're, you're, you're small is, is different than the kind of friends that you need when you first get married or when you're uh, working through difficult things or when you're older. You start to realize that as the years go on, as time goes on, healthy relationships that are in your life are such a gift. I was on a vacation a couple weeks ago, and this little little kid comes up to my daughter. We're at the pool area outside the hotel. We're at the pool. There's this giant slide, and my daughter's sliding up and down the slide, and and she gets out, and some little kid comes up to her and just goes, hey, do you want to be my friend? And she just goes, sure. And then they just walk off and get on the slide together. I thought, man, wouldn't it be awesome if life was that easy? You know, especially it's like, hey, can I borrow $5,000? Sure. Okay, great. Thanks. You know, wouldn't it be great if it was just that easy to make friends, to make connections, to have that kind of instant connect, right? But we know that, that as we mature and as we grow, we know that it's not that easy. We know life is more complex than that, right? Uh, and, and here's why healthy relationships are so important to Grace Avenue Church, that people are, are absolutely beyond the surface connection of attendance and really integrated into the body of Christ. Here's why. Community and connection, you need these things for spiritual growth. You need them for your health. You need them for happiness, right? Now, I'm, I'm talking about this today because I know people that know the Bible but don't know how to do healthy relationships, yeah. all right? Uh, how many of you do not have one of the booklets that we're handing out today? Just raise your hand. We'll get, we'll get you one. Raise your hand. Ushers will get you one. We're handing these out. And uh, as we hand those out, you can fill in the notes. Keep those. Do not use them to wad up your gum and put it in there. God will not honor that. If you need them, just keep it up. Ushers will get to you. you got one over here, you got a couple in the front. So I was saying, I know people who know the Bible but don't know how to do healthy relationships. Okay. They know how to plan a worship team, but they don't know how to do healthy relationships. Okay? They know how to have a business and be successful, but they don't know how to do healthy relationships. They know how to minister and pastor but they don't know how to do healthy relationships, okay? Now, I'm not saying I'm the expert here, but I'm telling you, I've come a lot further in the last 20 years, and I've, I've learned that healthy relationships are critical to the different seasons of life, okay? Why are they important, okay? You need people for the storms of life. Storms are gonna come. Jesus promised us that. He didn't say if they come. He said when they come, and when they come, it's amazing to have Healthy, supportive relationships in your life, right? You need people who who partner in faith with you for for the God dream in your heart, for the goals that God has put in you, for the things that you're stirred about for your future or your, your spouse's future, or your kids' future, or your future as a family, or whatever it is that you're believing for. You know, you don't want to get around an unhealthy person who is is capped out and just bowed out of dreaming and 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 stepping out and Taking any risks, because when you bring your dream to them, they're going to shoot it down. Or they're going to shoot down what they can't do or couldn't do and are now affected by. And so this is so important, not just to the kingdom and not just to this house, but, but to our life, the things God is putting in you and that he's stirring in you, right? Healthy relationships help support that, right? You also need healthy relationships for the sorrow and the grief that you go through in life. The sorrow and the grief that we go through in life. I feel really that, that even as is the church, like we're so ill-prepared for sorrow and grief. Man, we're prepared for faith and opportunities and open doors, amen, and taking chances and starting something and building something and, and overcoming something and, and reaching for something and building something and doing something. Okay, but what about when sorrow and grief happen? Right. Well, how do we handle sorrow and grief? You know, look at your own life today. Look at your own life historically. How have you handled sorrow and grief? Right. People who can sit with you and counsel you. People who can sit with you and and pray with you. People who can sit with you and walk with you through sorrow and grief. Man, that's a gift. It is a gift for you to be able to have a healthy relationship. Who can then help you process in a healthy way sorrow and grief that really the enemy wants to use to defeat you, right? We don't grieve as those who have no hope. That's what Scripture tells us, right? We have a hope, but, but we have to come to a place in life, okay? This may sting a little bit, but we have to come to a place in life where we stop saying this, well, I have no one. Because somewhere in our life we say that. Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't have anybody for that, okay? And, and, and at some point we have to accept The stewardship and the ownership that's required to have healthy relationships. And sometimes it means looking in the mirror. See where I got real quiet there? (laughs) Sometimes it means looking in the mirror and saying, what part do I play in why these relationships don't seem to work out? And why this doesn't seem to be going my way? And and why I seem to have what seems like self-defeating behaviors that maybe push people away. Okay, now it's getting real quiet. You see that? Now it's getting even more quiet when I say that it's quiet. Because we can backtrack and see, man, maybe I can improve. Maybe there's something I, I need to look at. Maybe there's something I need to change. Now, now again, the world's going to tell you, you're fine just the way you are. You're beautiful. You're enough. And all of these wonderful messages that, that encapsulate your humanness. But the reality is we know that's not true. Because we know how we affect people and we know how people affect us. And so we have to be honest about this because the world really gives us an unhealthy view of relationships. The world really gives, uh, it's always surface, it's transactional, uh, it's words but not depth, um, it's feelings but not roots, Um, it it is um, an exchange of goods and services, it's I do this and you do that, I do this for you, you do this for me, and if I do this for you and you don't do this for me, we have a problem. Right, I like your post. You better like my post. I commented on your post. You better comment on my post. Right? Now like, this is serious. Like, I'm serious. This this is where people, many people are are keeping a surface, shallow, unbiblical understanding of their own understanding of relationships, and, and they're really missing out. Okay. Um, Here's one of the keys that I think is so important for healthy relationships, okay? Uh, I will get to the points in a little while, while, trust me. We at least got 15 minutes, which actually means 20, so we'll be good. Um, One of the things I see people struggle with so much in relationships is they expect people to get on their level. Now, whatever their level is, God only knows, but you need to get on my level. You need to come down to me wherever I'm at or, or whatever they think. Maybe they think higher of themselves. Come up to me, right? But it's this get on my level, get where I'm at. Let me say this. Getting on my level is not an attribute of the kingdom. Jesus came down, right? He did not say, hey, you need to step it up. I'm God. I'm not just God. I'm the son of God. I'm the answer to the world. I'm the eternal, sovereign Holy God that you must come up to. No, we serve a God who came down to us, loved us enough to come down to us. And I watch people for years, decades now, because it's my birthday and I realize I'm getting older, okay? Decades now, walk out of jobs, walk out of churches, walk away from bosses, walk away from pastors, walk away from marriages, walk away from friendships. Why? Because there's expectations that are not real. They're not real. They're expecting people to, to get on their level and for people to just understand who they are, what they are, where they are. And relationships take work. Come on, they take work. People are complex, Rel- relationships are complex, seasons are complex, things are difficult. Right? People go through highs, people go through lows, they go through valleys, they have mountaintop experiences, but, but we have to understand that that's part of a healthy relationship of understanding the ebb and the flow of relationships, and we have to do our part with one another to make sure we're serving the best interests of the other person, okay? Um, let me just say this, insecurity is not an attribute of the kingdom. Jealousy is not an attribute of the kingdom, okay? Paul spends a lot of time in the New Testament talking about we have put these things away from us, jealousy, slander, bitterness, sexual immorality, all of these things that, that were the life we were before, that's no longer who we are, so we have literally, says, to, to put them away, to put them away. So we have to look at some of these things that, when we're trying to build healthy relationships and ask ourselves, right? Please, please understand, I'm, not trying to, I'm really not trying to sound parental today as I'm teaching this, but but I really feel it's such a, a, a hard place for people, and when people really get honest with themselves, the truth is we all need coaches. We need somebody to help us get along with our kids and our spouse and our boss and our friends and our neighbors. I mean, just just take a look at the uh, anybody living in an HOA, homeowners Association, right? HOA. Does anybody ever? Re- <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I just saw somebody over here who's been dealing with their HOA, so I saw his sigh of disgust uh, as he um, uh, was delayed for a year trying to build his house, so God help him. Okay, um, uh, that, that threw me, that was too funny. <laughs> okay, so HOA, you're dealing with an HOA, and I watch sometimes where people will just get on these apps every morning. It's, it's semi-addictive and at the same time entertaining, while I wake up in the mornings instead of going to God, I'm reading the comments of the HOA people. <laughs> Not just in my neighborhoods, but the surrounding areas for like 10 miles, and listening to the small-mindedness of what people are actually consumed by for their day. It's mind-blowing. And I'm not going to give you all the goodies. You go and check your neighborhood. You see how jacked up your neighbors are, okay? But within the five-mile radius, okay, it, it, the Nextdoor app is an amazing app to see why people need God, Okay? <laughs> Okay, let me say this. Repentance is a pathway to healthy relationships. Okay? Why should God trust you with healthy relationships if you're going to place unreal expectations on people that they can't meet, that God isn't even asking of them? Okay, let me get to my points and we're never getting there. Number one, healthy relationships operate from mutual honor. Healthy relationships operate. Notice I say operate because they function. Like they, they don't just exist, they, they have to operate. There has to be give and take. that has to be mutual. Right? I don't get to call all the shots in something. And I also don't get to be right all the time. Uh, I, I don't get to be whatever I want. Right? Mutual honor is biblical. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I think I put a different verse, a different translation on there. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo, listen to this, outdo one another in honor. Outdo, not just honor them, but outdo one another in honor. So if this is is Romans teaching us as Christians that, that at the foundation for relationships, it's not just honor, it's aiming to be a person who outdoes one another in honor. That's huge. See, honor defined biblically is... To highly esteem and respect other people. To highly esteem and respect other people. And the Bible is filled with all kinds of commands and instructions about honor, okay? Um, Now, I know some of you are like, okay, well, hang on. Do I have to honor everybody? We'll get there. Give me some time. Give me some time, all right? Now, the Bible is filled with commands and instructions about honor. We're we're to honor God, right? We're to honor our father and mother, the elderly. I mean, there's, there's scripture for all of this. We're to honor... Um, God with our finances, like these are not options, these are commands and instructions, right? Uh, We're to honor authority, church leaders, the Sabbath, people who serve Jesus faithfully, marriage, you know, when it comes to honor and and any sexual activity, it says we're to control our bodies in holiness and honor, okay? Uh, Some of these things are things and some of these things are people that I'm reading here, especially on this list. Some of them are things. And I think we get it when we, we know how to honor things, because we know how to take care of things. When you order something really expensive, you know how to take care of it, right? Ladies, when you spend a lot on your hair, then you have to spend on the shampoo to protect the hair for the investments you just made, that way for the next three months. You're honoring your investment, amen? I'm trying to help you here, amen? <laughs> you need the hair products to support the very thing that you invested in. There should be no argument about this, correct? Correct? Because these are necessary things. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is here. Okay, but, but, but honoring people is a lot harder than honoring things. Right? We can honor things. A nice guitar, expensive guitar, we can honor it by putting it in a case. right? And, uh, sports cards, we can honor them by putting them in sleeves or, or containers that will protect them. When there's you know a, a vehicle, we can honor it by taking care of it. We understand things, but people is where it becomes different, right? It becomes complex. And there's fair questions that come up when we talk about honor biblically. And what about abusive parents? What about abusive situations? What about, you know, healthy boundaries? And look, I'm just saying, those are things that you have to wrestle with with God. You have to wrestle with. You know, I wish you could just say, you know, this is the line and this is the way it is. So just do it. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. We have to look at people's situations. And and God teaches us these things. I'm telling you, God has taught me so much through unhealthy, dysfunctional leaders that were abusive towards me that it taught me how not to become an unhealthy, abusive leader. Nobody sets out, except the evil people, but nobody sets out to say, in the kingdom of God, I want to be abusive, dysfunctional, and hurt people. What happens is people get power, they get opportunity, they get accolades, they get the flesh motivated, and then before you know it, people are using people as a means to an end rather than for the kingdom of God. And so then you have people who get hurt in church, and they get hurt under bad leadership or or leaders who are mixed up or whatever. And that can happen to, to any church leader, and that can happen to you in whatever you do. And so we have to examine ourselves. What is God calling us to when it comes to honor? What does his word say? How do we work these things out? How do I create healthy boundaries with parents that way I can still honor them, but at the same time, not be manipulated? Come on, right? How do I have, you know, disagreements, but not have to have disconnections? Right? How can we have passionate conversations but not ultimatums? See, there's there's room for tension in healthy relationships. In fact, tension is healthy. Right? When something's being tested, like a rubber band, it's it's pulling apart. Right? It's stretching, and there's a reason it's stretching because it's made to stretch. And I tell you, in relationships, we are made to stretch, but a lot of times we don't like to stretch. (laughs) We don't like to stretch. Okay, let me go on to um, number two. uh, Healthy relationships are strengthened by humility. They're strengthened by humility. I'm not going to spend time on all of these. I'm going to get through what I can. Ephesians chapter four says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Dang, he just gave you, before he even told you what to do, he's giving you the prerequisites. With humility, with gentleness, and with patience, Bear with, one another, bear with one another in love. So, so there is a sacrificial element to loving someone. The other person. The friend. The neighbor. The person that's not a, a thing. The person that is a soul. Right? The, the child. The spouse. The, the, the family member. The friend. Right? With humility and with gentleness and with patience, how many of you are like, yeah, I'm failing at all of those. I'm failing at each one of those. Okay, okay, but I'm trying to give us a picture today of how God wants his kingdom operating. Which means we don't look at this and go, man, I suck. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm humiliated. I, I make a mess. Okay, that is not a kingdom attribute. <laughs> kingdom attribute is humility and repentance. It's like this is where I say, okay, this is a mirror. There's something on my face here. Let me wipe that off. And let me go about life. Let me make this right before God. Let me look at how I can contribute into the life of someone else now, moving forward, with humility, gentleness, and patience. And bear with them in love. Number three, resist selfishness and self-centeredness. Healthy relationships resist selfishness. You resist it. Why? Because you're selfish. You want what you want, but so does the other person. So you have to learn to resist that. And we have to learn to resist self-centeredness. Like in any relationship, in business, in marriage, in friendships, in family, we want what we want. And we would like what we want, when we want it, how we want it, the way we want it, on time. That is, that is being human. And God knows that about us. So it's not like God's telling us to, to be something that uh, It's not like he's telling us to be something that we're not. He knows this is who you are, and he's calling us to live in a different way in his kingdom. Not by our own strength, but by the power of his spirit, okay? Number four, um, actually, let me go back. Philippians 2, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Nothing? No, nothing. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant. Then yourselves, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Look at the psalm. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Look, the, the psalmist was talking about the condition of his own heart, saying, look, this heart is selfish, and it wants what it wants. God turned this heart that is selfish and wants what it wants from that towards you. That's an honest prayer. That's not beating yourself up. That's not spending three weeks in depression about it. That's just recognizing that is selfishness. God, thank you, God, that you love me enough to die for me. I know that you still love me enough to change this selfish heart of mine. Amen? Okay, number four, we're anchored in God's love. Healthy relationships are anchored in God's love. John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Look, love, love is what anchors relationships together. Love is what, what binds them. Love is what keeps them together. Love is God's heart towards us. And love is the essence of healthy relationships. Not like, <laughs> love. Okay, not love defined by the world. Not love defined during Pride Month. Hello. Love defined by God. Love defined by a Savior who sacrificed himself, who came in. Not love defined by a song. Not love defined by an author. Not love defined by a film. Not love defined by a lyric in a song. Not love defined by an emotional response to a song or a movie or a thought or a feeling. Love defined by a Savior who came down. Now, why am I saying that? Because we're, we're emotional people and we're affected by things. Come on, you ever watch a video of, of a puppy being rescued out of a river? some guy's like bending over, some guy's holding on to his leg and they're hanging over some ditch trying to pull this puppy out and you're just saying, oh God, you know, like save the puppy, you know, and then he saves it and everybody, oh God, you know, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, my faith in humanity is restored today. People are so dramatic about this, but it's like, yeah, as if everybody's walking around kicking puppies into rivers, I'm so sure. I'm not that cynical about life, okay? Love is in us. And we reach out, but we we generally reach out when it's convenient, when it's comfortable. And we're to be people who are anchored in the love of God. I think people tend to love God, Look what Jesus said, love God and love people. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. I think we take that and we say philosophically and theologically, that sounds amazing. Love God and love people. Wow, is is there anything better than that? But I think we love God like we love pizza, because when somebody says, do you want pizza? You're like, Shh, yeah, of course. But I think we love people like we love toppings on pizza. Do you like bell peppers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want olives? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like those. Do you want onions? Yes. Do you want mushrooms? No, 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 no. So we love what we love. We like what we like. And we don't want what we don't want. And when we love God, we think we get to choose him like pizza whenever we want. And then we, lo- we love people according to how we like i got to bring food into the message because it's almost lunchtime. I'm helping you with your choices today. (laughs) Five, healthy relationships are empowered by God's spirit. We can't do biblical relationships alone. We can't. I can't. You can't. A marriage can't. A marriage centered on Jesus cannot do marriage in its own strength. Something that is a God-ordained institution, which is marriage, which is by God, that a man will leave his father and mother and he will be joined to someone, they will become one flesh. God ordained that, he created it, he instituted it, and his heart and his desire is that people would not just live in it, but from the strength that he gives to the person, because the purpose of marriage is to reflect Christ's heart to this world. Like marriage is to be an example it's not just what we get, right? So number six, healthy relationships live for God's purpose. They live for God's purpose. Man, I I have I have a lot of great relationships that I wouldn't say I'm super close to, to all these people, but we have connections. I connect to people, I'm a people person, so I connect to people on various things, and generally, it's, it's God, music, and conversations, and when you have all three of those, it's a win, <laughs> right? But a lot of times, for that, I mean, my whole life has been like that, God, music, and conversations. I, I will meet strangers in the mall, I'll meet strangers, and, and they'll have a shirt on with, from a band or a random artist, and I'll be sitting there talking to them for 30 minutes, and Janelle's like, are you done yet? Right, and, and, and so that's what I vibe around. That's what I connect around. It's always been like that. It's very easy for me. right? Now, there are some things that are probably not easy for me. And I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But, but the, <laughs> which means I'm not going to reveal my own junk today. But just like you, there are things that you, you connect on. And in God's house, we should be able to say that the healthiest relationships in our life are living for the purpose of God. Right? We have connections everywhere with everyone on everything. Business, sports, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, bro, yes. (laughs) I got him on my team. He's on my team, my football, my fantasy team. Woo! Right? Like, there's connections, but there's the purpose of God. What God has created you for, and someone who can speak into that. Like, I would not want to be doing something so... Um, destructive to my own life that people around me say they love me but can't tell me that. That would not be their fault. That would be my fault. That would mean I have not made myself vulnerable enough and open enough or humble enough for, 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 for Courtney or Janelle or Rob to look at me and say, hey, I'm I just going to tell you how this looked to me. Maybe this isn't how you meant it but this is how it looked. And this is kind of how it came across because sometimes there's things we, we can't even see about see about ourselves, and it's affecting our purpose. Yeah. See, our purpose is not this thing. It's, it's the essence of God that we're living out, the gospel, every single day in all these different connections and all these different seasons and all these different relationships. Right, The job that you don't want to be at, God's purpose is still in that, I promise you. Right, the thing that you just came out of—that you you can't. Uh, why, God, would you take me? That I promise you, there is God's hand in that somehow, some way. He is threading the needle to connect that to destiny. Okay. Lastly, healthy relationships are kept through prayer and devotion. They're kept. It takes both. Healthy relationships, you know, we we don't just pray for people; we're devoted to people. We're not just devoted to people in bodily presence, we're devoted to people spiritually as well. We are believing the best for their life. Right? Like, I was thinking when I was writing this about how many people I, I came across um, in my 20s and even in probably into my mid 30s where they just played a, a sovereign role in helping to shape me and my manhood and my life and my ministry and whatever it was. And I don't, even, I don't even see them anymore. But for a season they were there and they were devoted. And this goes back to what I started talking about in the beginning of the message: is, is that they were there for a season. And sometimes I think that we're looking at relationships where people need to get on our level, the job needs to get on my level, Uh, friends need to get on my level. If we're going to be besties, we're besties for life. Okay, well, that's not life. There are people that came in and out of people in Scripture that were divine connections for the moment or the season. And we can become so devoted to, I mean, I see this in Christianity all the time with denominations, with, with pastors, with movements, with spiritual things happening. People become worshipers of the creation rather than the creator. Right, And so we have to have our heads around this. What, what are we trying to get from relationships? And when we don't get it, are we still devoted? When we don't get it, are we still devoted? See, if my heart is for someone else's best, like their best in God, their true best in who the Lord wants them to be, then I'm gonna be devoted to that and I'm gonna pray them through that. It's not just what I get. Look what Jesus prayed, John 17, 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil ones. Jesus prays for his disciples that they are kept from the evil that will destroy them. The most valuable thing that Jesus models to us beyond the cross is his prayer for us and his devotion to us. I'm with you to the end of the age. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's devotion. He's praying for us. He intercedes for for us right now. From the throne of heaven, God is interceding for you, your life, your kids, your future. Our Savior is interceding for us. Think about that. Our Savior is interceding for the torment, for the difficulty, for the trauma, for the abuse, for everything you went. God is interceding that the evil one would not get to you. He's devoted to you. That's the God we serve. This is what Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross. And so I think this is beautiful for us as we end on this today to remember. The healthy relationships have to have not this standard of what what people are creating around us, these emotional needs and transactions and and, uh, surface connections, but really what is the heart of Jesus for his people he models that for us through prayer and devotion. Last verse right here, James five 16. I'm not sure if it's up there, but I want to read this to you. Confess your sins, yes. Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let me read that again. Confess your sins to each other. See, you got to have trust. you got to have a humility. you got to have love to do that. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that what? So that you can be healed. Well, i just got to take my sin to God. Yes. <laughs> but there's a healing that happens when we are able to be open and vulnerable. If you're not open and vulnerable with people, you'll have to learn how to be open and vulnerable with a lawyer. who will force you to list your vulnerabilities and then compensate someone else for them. You will pay a counselor to force you to be open. You'll pay a doctor medically to deal with the anxiety and the frustration. Look, look, there is a pathway that God gives us. There's safety in his house. There's safety in his house. There's safety in his people. So how do we do that? We have to be safe. We have to be that safe place that people can go to. It's got to start with me. Right? When someone confesses something to me, it's not, I'm not over here on the internet <laughs> putting it out there. I'm prayerfully devoted to helping someone walk out that thing. It may be something I've gone through. It may be something I have no clue how to even handle. But at the very least, I can say, I can pray with you. I hear you. And I'm going to make a few calls to see maybe what some of the next steps are. Maybe if there's some other way I can help contribute to this. That's devotion. That's not praying for you. Peace out. That's love defined right there. Devotion and prayer. Come on, we need healthy relationships. Amen. This church needs healthy relationships. We need them. You need them. The kingdom tells us. This is what we're made for. We don't have unhealthy relationships and, and feel great. It feels off. Let's be that, amen? Father, we thank you this morning for your work in us. We thank you that even the process of your sanctification in us, your work in us, making us more like you, is the result of your Holy Spirit. So, Father, we pray today that on this journey towards being healthy people, having healthy relationships, today, God, help us to recognize what you want us to prayerfully bring to you and to others. How to open it up. How to let go of resentments. How to resist selfishness and self-centeredness. How to be the very thing that you are to us, selfless, sacrificial, prayerful, devoted. God, I thank you that you are that, that you model that for us. We don't do this in our own strength. We do it by prayer. We do it by trusting you. Father, empower everyone today to live out what we're talking about. Plant the seeds, God, to bring a new harvest. Where people are struggling relationally, where people need healing in relationships, God, bring healing this morning. Where people have experienced brokenness or maybe even sense hopelessness in relationships this morning, God, I pray for your healing hand to be upon them. I pray for your spirit to move even right now, God, over their mind and their heart. Restore joy to them, restore peace, bring life and truth to where the uh, the enemy is planting lies in the midst of this turmoil. God, thank you. You do not abandon us. You do not leave us. You stay with us. You are for us. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's just tell them. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your life, Lord God. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. Hope in the sorrow, hope in the grief, hope by your spirit in Jesus' precious, mighty name in all God's people said, Amen, 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 amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.